All right, we are recording right now. Oh, girl, yes, do it. Pop them ass cheeks. I love porn. I was invited. I was invited. Absolutely, bitch. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Not a fan. I'd rather go eat. Okay, I don't need it. I would like it, though. Never. Ever. That's not true. This is why I keep losing jobs. I can't make my unsatisfaction. Just like I hate everything. I hate you and your fucking mama, you bitch. You're corrupt. And you're corrupt. All right, cool. So you have your topics that we want to talk about. Are we are we welcoming people to the show today? I'm about yeah. I was about to do that. I was just making sure everybody was ready. Oh, okay. We're ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mixed Reactions. Because I'm mixed. And he's Malcolm. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Right. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you almost forgot about it. But I'm black. <laughs> we say that, and it's fantastic. I appreciate right. you. <laughs> do you today, feel better now? Yes, I always do. Because I, I didn't make you feel like I'm questioning your blackness. Right. Black power. Let's go. <laughs> All uh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, all oh, black lives. Black lives. <laughs> and we, we did a lot there. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I was, I, I, was, I was gonna go somewhere with that, but no. I, I, I don't know what happened in my head. I think there were multiple things going on, and they came out as all Black Lives Matter, which all they do. Right, you saved that one. <laughs> all right, and uh, that voice you hear is a special guest for this week. Oh, oh go ahead myself. and introduce yourself. Go my ahead. name is Wakefield. I'm glad to be here. Do you want to identify yourself on the podcast as like your pronouns? And your- um, my pronoun is he, him, his. Um, I I'm not particular though, so if you want to use they, that's fine. Uh, my name is probably the best option, and call me Wakefield. I don't really have any nickname. Word. Anything you like to do that you want to tell the people? What are you into? Um, no. sometimes I'm a gym rat. Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything health and fitness, um, if you want to meal prep with me, let me know. That's a great way to, to get to know me. Where right. I like to cook, you know, video games, reading, that sort of stuff. You cool. Know, the usual. Word. So we'll get your socials and stuff out of the way at the end of the show, you know, okay. where everybody can uh, can follow you and thirst trap and all that good stuff. <laughs> lust. You can't, lust. You can't have them thirst trap him. Well, yeah. Lust. I mean, they can, but yeah. they have to contact him first and then right. they can thirst trap him. Uh, first trap here and there ain't bad. And again, we are accepting <laughs> nudes if you want to send them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just don't don't send them to my... Actually, yeah, just follow them. <laughs> send them all. Just send them all. Send them wherever you want to. <laughs> cool. So today's uh, topics, I wasn't really well, worried We got to... We have to... That's what I thought about last week. We didn't actually mention the fact that the segment is called Raw Reactions. Oh, yeah. Our Raw Reactions. <laughs> Look, we are just everywhere right now, you know, guys, because we're still trying to get used to it. Still trying to just get everything into place. But yeah. But we're having fun. And that's uh, what's yes. important. That's all that matters. We get a lot yes. of good feedback. So, you know, we're going to keep doing it until y'all tell us to shut up. So, <laughs> so we're letting Wakefield choose today's raw reactions and take it away. Sure. So uh, when you first asked me about what to talk about, I think uh, one thing that I've spoken with. With a lot of my friends and one thing that comes up a lot is uh, emotional control 
And just being able to handle a lot of the things that we as men, gay men, bisexual men, um, men that are, are non-gender conforming, um, have to experience on a daily basis. And just being categorized in one of those groups kind of means that you're going to have, you're going to experience things that um, somebody else that is, you know, cisgendered or, you know, sexually, you know, or heterosexual may not experience. So um, being able to handle your emotions, being able to understand your emotions, being able to manage them is so important just to being able to, to live and conduct yourself and being able to operate on a daily basis. So, um, you know, we kind of go back and forth with that. And I, and I personally feel like it's one of those things where um, we as people and individuals kind of have to be in tune with ourselves and mm. like who we are as people and know what we feel and, and what we're experiencing and then understanding like, hey, how can we calm down? How can we um, react to this in a way that's going to be constructive and it's going to allow us to accomplish our, our goals at the end of the day? So I have mixed feelings about that because there is the idea around conformity and um what is the um what is the politics respectability respectability politics, politics. I Sorry. Was going I, that same yeah way. i couldn't think of what the word was so i think it's it, it's difficult to try to tell people that they should act a certain way or shouldn't be upset or they should constantly be in control of their emotions when shit is hard out here mm-hmm. and you know dealing with life as a person of color and a person in the lgbtq arena like it's it's difficult to constantly feel like you're under attack and then be told calm down right yeah that's why yeah. i hate that fucking calm uh, down is the worst thing to say <laughs> to anybody. it never oh, works especially a black woman right yeah. <laughs> but i think we uh we touched based a little bit on it last week, you know, where um, you and Gerard were saying, like, how women's bodies are always policed. I think that's another arena where, you know, women are policed, you know, because they're taught to to keep a level head or something like that. A lot of times their emotions aren't valid, quote unquote. Like, they're not supposed to feel that way because whoever said so said so. Um, So, yeah, I kind of side with, Christian on that, but also like I get the point where I don't I don't want to say policing our emotions is good, but more so we do need to be aware. Yeah. I guess sometimes how, how you get to, your message off. comes across. Yeah, how it comes yeah. off because I mean you can be passionate and still be calm. I have an issue with my passion. <laughs> Everybody who knows me well knows that I get loud when I'm passionate about something. If I mm-hmm. feel some kind of way yeah. about something. I get loud. I'm not meaning to yell, right. but I get very. You're just so emotional. I am very emotional. And it's, I don't know right. if emotional is the right one, but it's expressive. Oh yeah, because otherwise people are like, do you have emotions? Is some are you okay? And I'm just like, <laughs> cool. I mean, and I think that's just that. I, in, that in and of itself, I think, is an unfair question. And I think when you te- both of you guys hit on the respectability politics of. Okay, well, you know, what range of emotions is acceptable for me as a black man or a, a black woman or, or whomever? And I don't think that's a fair question to ask. And I think, you know, the biggest example I can think about that, or the, well, one of the biggest examples is Serena Williams. You know, she's an amazing competitor. She is uh, aggressive queen. on the tennis court. She is, right. you know, she has this huge range of emotions. And if you look at what she's allowed 
to experience or what is considered acceptable for her to experience emotionally compared right. to her male counterparts or even her female counterparts. Right. There's this drastic, oh, well, you know, that's too much or that's, you know, you, you acted out or whatever. And it's like, no, like I'm competing on the high stage. I'm competing for something that means something to me. Like, of course, I'm going to have emotions that are strong when it comes to this. Right. And for me, it's more along the lines of how we handle our internal emotions, not how the world perceives our emotions. Got it. You should be able to experience that range of emotions without anybody judging you as long as those emotions don't drive you to act on something that's going to hurt someone or cause someone personal harm. Right. You know, that's that's a whole different animal. You know, you simply being emotional about something isn't a threat to somebody else. Yeah. However, when it comes to how we handle things internally, how we handle rejection at the workplace, you know, how we handle rejection from people that we love or care about or are, you know, encountering in our day-to-day lives, right. you know, how we handle that inside makes a difference. And if we allow those emotions to run amok and we don't have an idea of where they're coming from, that can ultimately impact how we perform in the workplace and right. do other things. So, no, definitely, like, you should allow yourself to fill that full range of emotions wherever you are because right, right. you are a human being and you have intrinsic value and that entitles you to your range of emotions. But, you know, when it comes to how we allow those emotions to impact our actions, I think that, you know, that makes a big think, difference. But I think it's also very difficult for – to tell people of color and to tell people – queerness you know within the queerness umbrella mm-hmm. that you know their emotions like how to keep their emotions in check because you constantly feel like you're under attack and you're def- a lot of times you're defensive because you don't know what people's intentions are when right. it comes to you because you've had to deal with so many attacks from every angle yeah you know society puts pressure on you to live up to a certain yeah. image as far as if you are a man or a woman fitting those ideals, if you're a person of color fitting in those ideals within the white gaze. And it is yeah. very difficult yeah. to try to placate to those people's feelings and emotions. Don't um, do it. Don't placate. But you know what I think. <laughs> so I, I was coming home from uh, a bar last night and I saw this young woman start to cry on the street corner and I saw this this other woman standing up the street and I was like, did somebody slap her in the face? Why is she crying? And she's like, no, her friend got mad at her so she started crying. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Your friend got mad at you so you break down in tears? Bitch, calm the fuck, grow the fuck up. <laughs> like, you can be upset, but tears? Because somebody got mad at you? Make but we're the emotional. We're, but we're overly emotional. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not entitled to be angry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's it is unfair because you know, especially as men too. I mean, and this goes Which to just like being that's chauvinistic that's and just our culture. Like men are, are are not. We don't get the leeway to express emotions the way we really should be able to. Like sometimes we should be able to cry, mm-hmm. and you know, we should it's be able to cry all the time. Yeah, I mean, like you know, and. And it's good to I have try, but then I run out of tears by the time I, <laughs> by the time I let the tear fall, I'm like, I'm over this. Well, normally when I cry, it's like a movie scene, like and something that you know probably like, and in normal circumstances, I would just cry a little bit, and but then that all the stuff built up and it ends up being cathartic, you know, when I cry. So mm-hmm. I'm just like this well of like right, and so you know, but we should be able to cry more often, and I think we've just been conditioned not to. 
But yeah, man, I think, you know, when so I say it, <laughs> right, sorry. No, it's true. That, I mean, Fight that, patriarchy. That, that hits us all. Um, but when I talk about emotional control, it's more like, not, it's not suppressing those emotions. Because you but being able to process them better. Yeah, that's. I think process is probably a better uh, word to use. But like you, how do you process those emotions? So I think it's also built in a society where therapy is looked down yeah. upon. You're yeah. only supposed to go to therapy if you're crazy. Yeah. Or you, know, you have some mental problem. And it's like everybody should go to therapy because most people, I, most people aren't taught to properly process their emotions. Right. From... Yeah. from birth basically you're told how you should act or how you should respond to things and when you have something that's that deviates from that path it's like so how do i how am i supposed to feel about this how am i supposed to process this when i haven't properly been told how to process when you're a child you're not allowed to be angry especially especially coming from a a black household right no you're not you're not allowed to show anger especially towards your your family, other family members, you're not allowed to be overly yeah. sad. You're not allowed to be. It's like respectability in politics with your own people. No, yeah. it's, it's true. Like you, you know, know, I saw something online. It's like as a black kid, the only emotions you're allowed to experience are contentment and appreciation. Like that's it. Like you're allowed to be satisfied with your circumstance, and you're allowed to appreciate the people who quote unquote provided for you. You know, while you're going through things, and that, I think about how damaging that is. To people who have are not only dealing with their own issues as a child, but also dealing with those issues as a black child or a queer child or a non-gender child, now you've got all of that piled up on you, and you've got all these emotions you want to express, and you don't have a cute little box that you fit in with society. It's like how do you then begin to reconcile all the emotions you have with the world that you live in? You know, and it. Yeah. Especially being around other people that cannot share your experience. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, so as true. a child going yeah. to the counselor that doesn't have, that, that doesn't come from the same kind of background, it's almost like they're not going to relate. They're going to relate to certain aspects of what you're going through, but they're not going to be able to, to understand everything you're going to. Nope. I, yeah. I often fear for children who are the only person of color in their class, who are the only, like, yeah. Their teachers cannot relate to their circumstance. Mm-hmm. They will never understand being the only person in the room of their gender or their um, their gender expression or their their race. There's none of that experience. Like I've, I don't know how many times I've been the only yeah. in class, and to feel like there's no one else to help support you because no one else knows your experience or knows a similar experience to yours. It's right. It is very difficult and very daunting a task to try to put into words for someone, especially children. And then when they grow up, they don't know how to express those things because they've had to hide so much of themselves or had to suppress so much of who they are or what they think because no one else is going to understand or they feel like no one else is going to understand. No one else is really listening. So it's very difficult. What concerns me too is that the medical community doesn't seem ready to be able to take on the task of providing counseling, the proper counseling to people of color and people that are, are, are identified as queer in some way. And that's really disconcerting. Um, one of my friends went to a doctor, a different doctor that he normally does, went goes to and asked about PrEP. And the doctor didn't know what he was talking about. Uh-huh. And he was like, what do you mean? They didn't know how, you know, how they were supposed to prescribe it. They didn't know what it was about, didn't right. know what it was for. And it's just like, man, like you really, 
Like, that's just not even a, a, a gay, straight, lesbian, bi thing. That is a thing that the straight community should be aware of. That's just, everybody should be aware of that. And you should be able to go to your you know primary care physician and talk to them about PrEP yeah. and be able to get an informed answer from them. And it's, that, yeah. That problem is plaguing a lot of places in the South. I've, you know, I've read countless articles about how, um, how areas in the South, like Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, all that good stuff, North Carolina, South Carolina, I'm sure too, uh, where they have this big like area of, you know, gay men, because that's most of the time who the yeah. was talking about gay men who are, you know, HIV positive or don't know their status or are not protecting themselves because they just don't have the resources. information available to them, right. you know, and the resources available, available to them. And it's almost as if like the doctors, I know they know that this stuff is here. It's just that they don't have. It's the, so I feel like it, it's, there are multiple issues within this issue that you also have to think about. Like when you are a doctor, there are certain things you go through school, depending on when you graduated, you may not have, right. you still have to go mm-hmm. to, there's still things that you can do to get continued education, but when you don't have time, when you're having to deal with, you know, learning about the malpractice or whatever stuff, right. there are other things that are in your way. So they may not be well versed in, right. in a lot of these things. And it's not necessarily, it is their fault, but it's not their fault kind right. of thing. If it's not available to the doctors as a resource, it is not available. Right. Right. It's, it's, when you don't have patients that are constantly asking about it, there's no incentive right. for you to go look for it. And then sense. it's also, you don't have time to do. So there may, there also, but it's a bigger healthcare issue within exactly. this oh, yeah. country. Exactly. There, there's still medical textbooks that are teaching people that people of color don't experience pain the same way. When oh. We're being prescribed Tylenol for C-sections mm-hmm. after giving birth and they're giving white women opium. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Opioids. Yeah, it's, it's essentially op- right. different forms. And, of opioids. and you hit a whole different issue there when you talk about the overprescription of opioids and how that's impacting the community. But I mean, and it, it, there's just so much that that impacts us. Where you know, even being able to go and get proper therapy, like are your counselors prepared to talk about these issues? Right. You know, they may not be able to to identify specifically with what you're going through, but they should be able to speak on that and speak to how the microaggressions that you experience are amplified as a, a gay man or a gay woman or a gay anything, you know, that is a problem that, that we need to be able to address. And I think, you know, it it's incumbent on us to take ownership of our, our own health. And, you know, you and I talked about this before mm-hmm. about, you know, nutrition, health and fitness, exercise, mm-hmm. sleep, things like that. But you really do have to own your own mental health too and acknowledge that that's something that needs to be addressed and say, Hey, look, you know, it's not like I have an inherent problem, you know, and it's not like, okay, well, you know what? Therapies for people who have, you know, issues or whatever therapies for people who want to maintain like as for people who say, you know what, I'm not, maybe I'm not in a bad space, but maybe I just acknowledge that I'm going through more than the ordinary person may experience. And right. I just need to be able to speak to somebody about these but issues. See, and the, the thing also is that um, therapy isn't necessarily for digging into childhood traumas. It's yeah. not necessarily, de- it's for just dealing with everyday things. Yeah. You know, if you need strategies on how to deal with stress at work, or you just need 
you know, something just may feel off and you don't exactly know why. It's good to have somebody to talk to, yeah. even if they're not giving you advice. It's somebody who doesn't have any bias in your life, right. yeah. who just wants yeah. to give you plain advice or, you know, just be a listening ear if that's all you need. Yeah. Therapy is for a variety of different things. And I think there are a lot of people who don't. It's still not a an acceptable form anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. You like know, we're, you I think we're still coming right? out of, yeah. I think we're still coming out of religion being the end all be all of mm, life man. and people not understanding that. started, man. I was just. <laughs> religion can't solve every issue that you have. Yeah. Most issues. I don't. A lot of, there's this one Facebook friend I have. She, she goes to church, but she, she basically kills the establishment almost every Sunday when she's going because she's just like. She's not a churchy person, but she's trying to go back to church to kind of, I guess, get herself back like into church or God or spirituality or whatever, which yeah. is fine. You know, do what you want. But she brings up good points every week where it's just like, why is the church focusing on this? Why are they telling people to pray to God to fix, you know, A, B and C instead of actually going out and, and looking for or getting the help that they need? And I'm just like, why is the church still running into these problems 20 to 30 years later? Because they're not, they're not growing with, because they're not growing with their congregations. They're no, not, they they're not changed. They, they feel like they were a bastion of the black community, especially in the black community. They're the bastion of the black community. And what they say is how everybody feels. And it's like, that's not the case anymore. Right. People are growing up because they're tired of being told that, the church is where they're supposed to find refuge and being attacked when they go. Right. You don't right. want to feel like, oh, because you decided to wear a short skirt to church, oh, you're going to hell because you're fast. No, but it's <laughs> oh hot outside. Gosh. I don't want to wear. <laughs> right. I, do, I don't right. want to fucking wear a petticoat. It's hot as shit. Right. Can I let my balls breathe? And, and the sad thing about it is when you think about the history of the black church, you think about what the black church did and when from slavery to to sharecropping. To the civil rights movement in so many ways they led the path towards our progression into society to being considered just basically human beings you know you have an entire movement that would martin luther king was a minister and a pastor and so many of the leaders in the civil rights movement were ministers and pastors but you look at the church today and it seems to exploit its members and its in uh, its congregation more than it does to seek to enrich them and guide them and provide that and and I think a lot of people look at the church and they say, well, you know what, you know, you're not providing what I need, and it, it's even spiritually, you know, if that's what you believe, right? But but neither emotionally, and then on top of that, you have this judgment aspect that that comes on top of it. As people become more in tune with their emotions, their sexuality, their gender, the church just isn't ready to accept them right. because if you don't conform to that, who that person should be. You know that that sits in their congregation. Then you know you don't have a space right. unless you're you know tithing the way you should be. And, yeah, you know, that's a whole different animal all together. And my thing is, I'm not giving you money. Bruh. Like oh, I'm struggling bruh. out here. How does, right. Why does the fucking pastor have a Jaguar and a Range Rover and a and three million dollar house, bitch? Because who, where? Because he's he's leading the people. So you know we have to compensate him for that. This is this a joke, Ooh. man. It's disgusting <laughs> to me because you know. The, the, the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm me personally, that I don't get that from church. I don't get that from spirituality. But there are a lot of people who get genuine healing 
and get guidance from their spiritual experiences or from their church. Right. And seeing people take advantage of that to take their money away, to exploit that, to me is disgusting. And, and like, honestly, if you do believe in a heaven and hell, I think there's a special hell for people who do that. Like, right. know, talking about, t- you, you know your people in your congregation are struggling to find a place to live, to eat, to survive, take care of their kids, and you're going to take somebody off the membership rolls because they didn't give right. the right amount in tithe? Like, Right. Oh my know, gosh, man, you got me. You got me kidding. Or having, yeah, to submit, I, having to submit your your pay stubs right. to tell how much like, they can charge yeah, you. Excuse uh, me. This is my. I worked for this money. I don't know what the church did, right? But I don't remember Jesus being there when I signed my contract. Man, right. it's, no, it's um. I I know, and I hate like saying this and putting this caveat out there because I feel like it discounts it a little bit, but I know all churches aren't like that. There are churches who are more focused on the spirituality of it or as a whole to, to know, to help guide people and all that good stuff. But like, I feel like the stuff that we talked about is really rooted in what the black church was. And it takes so much to like reprogram that, you know, it does. And the, the reality is the black church has been such an integral part of black culture. Mm-hmm. You can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. The good and the bad, that's who we are as people. That's part of our culture. And I wouldn't want to take that away. You know, I've had some very, like, very, very good experiences with the church and very, very bad experiences with the church. Mm-hmm. But that still composes who I am as a person. And again, it goes back to what we're saying. Like, you know, how do you reconcile all of those things that you experience? You know, part of your culture is, you know, bashes who you are as a human being. You know, the, the other part of that gives you pride and gives you satisfaction and gives you, you know, gives you pleasure. So it's like, you got to find a way to, to reconcile that with yourself and like therapy. Definitely. I mean, I was going to touch on that, but finding a good counselor that understands preferably a gay counselor or somebody that can relate to you, at least relate to you or has some experience related to people like you helps a lot in terms of being able to get a lot of those emotions out and be able to express them. So, right. I recommend anybody who's looking for a therapist, to look for a black woman who a black queer woman to be the therapist because i feel like that's probably the most qualified person to be able to speak to anything about a just lot of intersections experience right yeah just experiences because <laughs> yeah. i just i could i me myself personally couldn't have a man as my therapist because i just feel like he's only going to see things from his point of view and you know men are privileged even though black men aren't as privileged as white men, I'm just saying men. I, it's I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's you have to test out therapists to see who works for you. Oh yeah, the if it is not like I feel like one. a black queer woman may like I, I I lean towards finding a black queer woman uh, to be a therapist, but there are multiple people in between, right? But, the white cis straight man that can help you like. If you relate to your therapist and you feel like your therapist is helping, it doesn't matter. As long as they can, as long as you feel like they they can help you in whatever, they may not be able to relate to everything, but you could find, as long as you can find somebody who can help you. Yeah. It's whatever. If you are, if you have a religious, there are religious counselors out there who work for churches that are really good therapists. Yeah. Yeah. They really um, they really I had a, I know I have friends that like they, they found the therapist through church and you know, the therapist is okay oh, with that being good. gay. And, <laughs> And I'm like, more power to you. I support whatever you feel like you need to do to make you feel 100% you and feel comfortable being you, fine. Yeah. I'm not necessarily the one that I want to go to church to find any of that. I don't, right. it's, it's just not my thing, but. It's, you know. it's almost like, 
what is that? What are you saying? Like, you can't ask somebody who doesn't necessarily experience life at the same level as you do to, like, help you or give an opinion or whatever. That's how I feel about that whole situation. Like, I just, I feel like a, a black queer woman of color would be able to help, you know, guide, I guess, LGBT. To a point, but, like, people. there are certain yeah. things that she's not going to understand. Like, there's... yeah. <laughs> That's true. You, I mean, you may be a black know, woman, though. but you don't. Might. I'm sorry. Sometimes you, I feel like I'm a black woman, a black queer woman. Sometimes I, I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think that you had a period. I just don't feel like you had menstrual cramps, but um, or egg cop, you know, any of these things. Right. But like, there are certain things that I she's not going to be able to relate to me on. Like they, right, right. Like you. I mean, it's definitely a filling out process too. I mean, you, you, I think what you hit on earlier was really good. Trying out different therapists, mm-hmm. going to see what works. I mean, and then also like going to your friend group. I mean, it does introduce the issue of trust. Like you definitely have to trust, 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 like really trust the people that you share stuff with, yeah. especially if they're, you're talking about some of your deeper seated emotions. Not even that therapy has to be, like you said, exploring those deeper seated emotions, but trust is a big thing if you're going to you know, share with friends. Um, and then just honestly, a lot of it is internal, like managing your own emotions and learning like what for you helps you to, to organize your thoughts and kind of straighten things out and right. prioritize things. You have to people, be very open and honest with yourself, though, man. in order to, you know. But I think, yeah. you know, I think people don't people also don't take enough time to sit with just themselves. Yeah, right. And think about like to take a second, think about everything that's going on. Meditating. Yeah. Like meditation comes in, in many forms. You don't have to sit in a room and ohm with incense burning and everything <laughs> shut off. Some people you you find solace in many different ways. Like I listen to music while playing video games because that's what calms me or naturally which is very weird. I'm calm and angry as fuck all the time because I'm if I lose I'm very irritated. <laughs> yeah. But it calms me like it makes say, I think that it's peaceful just, to me. It might right. be a way of you exerting that energy and like you know even though it seems like you're angry like it's, it's therapy for you because you're letting that out you know letting it out and not on other people yeah exactly yeah, yeah, in, yeah. A, in a no. safe and responsible way i'm really glad you said that too because a lot of times and, and that's really the, one of the biggest things with emotional controls like if you don't have the ability to, to internally figure out where you are you have the risk of danger of lashing out and, and attacking mm-hmm. other people right. with, the, with those raw emotions i know for me personally I, i'm a physical person so being able to like go to the gym, work out, that's kind of like the therapy for me. Just being able to exert myself and push myself to that limit gets me to a point where I kind of get a clear head about some things. And I think right. that, that in and of itself is a way for me to kind of realign, you know. I know. Um, yeah. No, I was, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just saying, like, I know that I'm weird. Like, going to the gym relaxes me, but not because I'm trying to get any emotions out. I just have – it. the gym is fun. It yeah. is fun, yeah. And yeah. I don't, like – People will laugh at me when I tell them what's playing in my earphones when I'm lifting. And I'm like, it ranges the gamut from like Zed to Celine Dion. <laughs> to oh my God, Celine Dion with bench press might get me killed. I will drop the weight. I don't, chest. but see, the thing is like, <laughs> the music for me is just like, it doesn't pump me up or anything. Like, I don't need, I don't need fast music to get my heart rate up. Like, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I like listening to music. Right. So it doesn't matter what's playing. I'm concentrating on the weight. It's just the music is there right. as okay. a way to tune everything else there. out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. This is kind of a way to almost like clearing your head, like just getting mm-hmm. everything else out of the way so you can focus on the weight. Yep. Yeah. I know for me, the music has to kind of like 
I, I, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm not much of a music person. Like, um, I know, <laughs> no, no, for real, that does feel like Messy a cardinal fan. sin. Like, you know, if somebody asked me what my favorite, you know, what, what, what kind of music I listen to, I'm like, everything, like, you know, that yeah. cliched answer, like, but I, you know. I do, though. I, I, I mean, uh, Some people do, like, it just doesn't matter. Well, some people who listen to everything, it matters, and then a lot of people who listen to everything, it doesn't matter. Right, and so I feel like the way that Christian may listen to everything. It's like, you can listen to everything and genuinely get appreciation from the things that you listen to. For me, it's like, okay, you know, I'm feeling this way at this moment, so I'm going to listen to this song. And when I'm in the gym, I'm like, you know, I'm going to listen to something that's going to kind of get me hyped because yeah. I want to be able to push this weight. I want to be able to kind of get through this workout. I really want to push my body to the limit, so I need something that's going to kind of drive me that way. And the music is just a conduit for that. Yeah. So... I went when I go to the gym. I ain't been in like four months, but <laughs> I just listen to a lot of uh, reggaeton. I, yeah, but, I listen, but you know what? I listen, like I said, I listen to anything. So I'll listen to mm-hmm. podcasts while I work out. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of times for me, it's a timekeeper just so I know when my my rest period, my rest set is over. Right, I need to go back to lifting or that. To me, sometimes that's what music is for me. It's not necessarily like during the hook. That's your rest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or back. like if it's the if I'm doing a heavy day, it may be the entire song because it's three minutes in between. Right. That may be it. So it's it's all about you know, whatever makes you feel good and that's and I think that's what I think people get confused about when it comes to self care. It's what makes you return to you. Yeah. What makes you centered. You know, it may be you going to the spa, it may be you gardening it may be do, right. as long as you're taking care of you yeah. so that at the end of the day you're okay with who you are and what's going on like yep. you know well, not necessarily what's going on but who you are and how you are dealing with things is that's what you are comfortable with and that's what self-care is yeah yeah i was there is um i don't know if she talked about it but lizzo like was commenting about how her physical presence and stuff, you know, is a target for a lot of haters and Mm -hmm. trolls and whatnot. And just that self-care part, you know, and being self-aware about your emotions and just making sure that you're in a good place. She talked about it, I'm assuming, in her Elle magazine uh, Mm -hmm. article. I wish I would have read it so I could actually speak on it. But she uh, tweeted something about, like, self-care is more than just mimosas and bath Mm -hmm. bath days and stuff like that. (laughs) And it is like you know, it's so many. It's different for everybody, and that's the thing. Exactly. I know for me personally, I kind of like to. I call them sanctuaries, just places where I can go, where the environment kind of puts me in the mindset that I need to be in to create. Mm-hmm. You know, and a sanctuary can be anything. It doesn't have to be a church necessarily. Your gym can be the sanctuary. Kitchen can be a sanctuary. Your bedroom can be a sanctuary. Yep. A library, a place outside where you like to walk. The um, commute, a loving right? Man. <laughs> so i mean it's like you set the music you set the environment you set the temperature you set the tone a place where you can kind of control the setting right where you can put or yourself not. in a mindset and even not you know like because you know, there like, are people that that's why they're um like dominatrix clubs <laughs> because oh, yeah, what right, makes right. them feel comfortable is right. not being not in control, being in control yeah i uh yeah the metro my metro commute is like my little space because i get Get myself together, play uh, a little, you know, video games. I wish someone call me the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> it's because my my Damn ride it. is so long 
that I can zone out like that. Damn like, bitches calls me stress. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess for me, like, I'm a long metro commute too, so I, I really identify with that. Like, mm. I legit will bring my reading with me. I'll have that going. You right. Know, it'll be stopping, you know, every other stop with a red line seems like it's delayed or right. a schedule adjustment <laughs> or some bullshit like that. But it's like, you know, it's cool. I've got something to read. I've got something to listen to. You right. know, I'm good. The worst thing ever, though, in Metro is when you find, like, the other day I realized my boss took the same line as we as I did. Uh-huh. So we happened to get on the same train together at Metro Center. We had to go all the way to Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And it's just this awkwardness where we're, like, we're sitting in the same space. We're kind of like, hey, you know, yeah. nobody wants to be socially awkward or rude. Right. But we still, like, you know, if I went to the other side of the train just because I wanted to be by myself, right. you know, it would almost be like a slight. So... See, I, I, hate that stuff. I, hate, I hate that because hey, I'm gonna go sit over there. Right. I want to talk to them. <laughs> and so hate, much better than I am about that because I would just feel that awkwardness if I did that with them. I'm what like you. <laughs> when I leave work, or like basically when I leave work, a lot of us leave work at the same time, and maybe maybe I'll leave five minutes later. Like somebody else is already gone. They went to the metro, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going for today, and then I see them because the train hasn't came. And then they feel like they have to like have this full blown out conversation uh, with me, and I'm just like, it's it's. I mean, I'm t- I'm telling you, my social meter when I'm off of work goes uh, down to like fifteen percent. Like I, you got you got like ten minutes before I snap on right. you. Like I'm like, I Head just pumps. can't do it, man. Head and pumps. that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, I say hey, <laughs> click, huh? That's I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> That's good. That's what I've tried to do, man. But like, it doesn't have to play anything. Hey, I I don't want to listen. <laughs> One day, I literally like went to the other side of the train because we get on the same train too. Yeah. Because we're going pretty much the same area, so you know, you try and get on a train that's going to be close to where uh, you need to go and yeah. get on the escalator or whatever. So yeah, we got on the same train, and I like went all the way to the other end. And he followed me, and I'm just like, goodness, dude. why? Why are you doing this right yeah, now? Let me uh, see why. Huh? See why? Yeah. That's, they like to be in space. I and I'm like, honey, I don't want to talk to you. I left work. So me at work is me at work. Right. Well, that kind of goes into what, one, one other thing I kind of want to hit on, just being gay in the workplace. And mm-hmm. then also, like, another thing I was talking about with some people was just how alcoholism and networking is a rites of passage in the dc area where we've talked about the alcohol mm-hmm. that was first episode yeah yeah first so, official episode yeah. well and, and it's to me it's like a, I, I don't mind don't get me wrong i love drinking <laughs> you know i love no that's a problem yeah, you yeah, shouldn't yeah. love drinking I, 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 I mean like you know um, <laughs> what <laughs> don't be pointing at me but it's so, uh, you know, and definitely the gay community. And I, I, you guys talked about how our spaces are limited and, you know, how, you know, uh, going to the bar and, you know, going out to clubs sometimes are the only spaces where we can convene. It's so our safe space. It's, it is our safe space. And unfortunately, sometimes alcohol becomes the, the medium Everybody's that we crunched. use to. Yeah. So, but even in the workspace, you get that a lot. And particularly in the D.C. area, happy hour. You know, going out to the bar, networking, all of that is a bright passage to getting to that next level, to progressing, to ingratiating yourself with upper management, with your peers and your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And like for me, especially that ride home, like listen, I'm gonna I am I'm chill, I'm cool, like I'm done. Like my workplace is I separate, I need this time alone. 
you know, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to think about you now. I want to be able to, to kind of do my own thing. And if I have to think about you when I'm on the on the train or on the bus or or whatever, that's just gonna make me more stressed. I um I leave work at three forty five, so <laughs> I don't go to happy hour because I'm at the gym. Oh, I'm already at the gym by the time. Though, like, no, no. <laughs> but my thing is different. Like I leave because I don't want to be bothered with crowds. Yeah. So I'm leaving early. I come right. in early and I leave early. So I'll deal with you fuckers. No. Right. We can, if you want to have a happy hour, make it a Wednesday when I'm not going to the gym. Right. Otherwise, That's, I'm just not, I'm not honestly, going. Honestly, man, my, my boss at my previous job, he legit got mad at me. And, you know, I, we had a performance review. Performance review is fine. No complaints. Everything's good. He's like, you know, he's like, man, we feel the one thing that bothers me is this, man, I just haven't seen you at a happy hour. He's like, you know, it's like, am I doing something wrong? And he took it as a personal slight. I hadn't been to a happy hour. I'm like, dude, I just, I told him, I was like, no offense to you, you know, there's some things that we can be do differently, right. but if, if you were the perfect boss, I'm still not going to the happy hour because right. like Christian said, I, I got my gym clothes in my bag, right. I'm going straight to the gym and I'm working out and then I'm going home and I'm probably right. cooking and I'm probably, you know, that's it, you know? But we talked about like, I am not, I don't really drink. So right. me going to happy hour feels like a waste because if the food isn't good, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. And that's to network. Thing. That's what I don't want to network. I, I saw enough of you bitches. I want to go yeah. home. So it's funny. Um, <laughs> every time at my job, it's uh, again politics, respectability politics, honestly. But at my job, every time there's something going on, they're like, "Oh, Malcolm, you should probably go." And obviously, it's always at a bar. You know, y'all should go out and have drinks and and mix and mingle. We literally have socials with my company during. Well, I'm pretty sure most companies do. But uh, during my convention, our conference that we had uh, back in July, every night there was at least three or four socials with like open bar for each um, section. Section or you know, yeah. that's not normal. And man. that's just not. That's normal. not. And they want you to go and drink and commune with each other. Man, it's a sad state of affairs if it requires the the like alcohol for us to be able to just but communicate or network. I feel like, again, mixed reactions with that is that I have, I don't necessarily, I feel like a lot of people aren't comfortable unless they're inebriated just because they're so stressed out. I raised my But hand. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> but also, I don't feel like, I, it, I, like I said before on this podcast, like I've heard, alcohol and, and nicotine are the two drugs that are socially acceptable. Well, not not nicotine as much anymore, but for sure, alcohol is oh, no, after that jewel stuff. It might be, <laughs> but alcohol is the is the one drug that is looked upon as if you don't do it, you're there's something wrong with you. That's and shit. I'm like, I don't need drink to have a good time. Me, yeah, me. I um, I'm fun because I'm fun. Yeah, alcohol just <laughs> yeah. makes me right. More me, I don't. I mean, is there a different? Sometimes, (laughs) and I know people who have social anxieties and anxieties in general, and alcohol, you know, kind of helps takes the edge off. Um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely personally more of an extroverted person, so I kind of get energy from people, Mm -hmm. and so I I'll I'll seek people out. So and and so I guess in fairness for me, you know, my experience is definitely different from a lot of people when it comes to that. 
but I do feel like it's a it can be a crutch. And I do feel like, especially when you want to create that authentic interaction with somebody, right. doing that in a sober state of mind, doing that with a clear head, and yeah. being able to confront those anxieties and those emotions is important. You know, being right. able to overcome them and be your authentic self. Because you know what? If this is a person that I'm going to be working with in a professional capacity, like, there's going to be a time period where right. I'm not going to be able to do that, and not to be able to do that at a bar. And so I'm going to have to be able to interact with that person in a with a with a clear mind, without that cloud of uh, of, of two drinks floating around. Right. I need to be able to speak to you in a normal basis. So let's let's have that. Let's hash that out here in, a, in, a, in an environment where there's nothing at stake. So when there is something at stake. I can do that, and I'm prepared to do that. Right. And so I, I, I do want us to, to see us have those interactions, but at the same time, I would like to see a more merit-based society or merit-based professional workplace where yeah. you know promotions and ideas but are then, promoted based on. But then on people who have know. to be responsible and accountable for their work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you know, that, so that do you do you, know, do you know how many people would have to lose their jobs in upper management I mean, who aren't qualified to be there because they're not actually doing things? They have social. They're just socializing. Because, um, I mean, they know uh, people. Listen, and and sometimes that is being a good. Sometimes yeah, being yeah. a good manager is just socializing the people. Yeah. A lot of times they do it because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So yeah. they have to be like, okay, well, I'm a social chair because uh, 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 I don't know <laughs> yeah. what y'all do. I don't know how you do it. So uh, we'll throw happy hours. Yeah. That's I, the saddest thing I've ever I, um, it's, But it's after that it happens. No. no yeah. Start good. I, um, yeah, no, if I'm going to happy hour to like socialize, I'm probably not going to remember a thing I said to you. Well, and the other thing about it too is just I ends up getting messy. everything I say at a happy hour. Well, I mean, I, I for me at least, one of the people that I work, I'm not going to get into it. This person mm-hmm. probably listen to the podcast, but even then, there have been circumstances at work where people have gone to happy hour and found out stuff about their spouses, right. found out stuff about people at the workplace. It's messy. It gets messy. I'm sorry, I've got that drama. <laughs> you know, and look, if I'm gonna start drinking, I'm gonna start talking. Right. And, like, I'm, I gotta be careful with that. And I just don't want my stuff out there. Oh, I am in, I am increasingly honest when it comes to alcohol and me. So if you ask me a question, I'm, I'm honest, but I'll probably be even less tactful about the way that I'm honest yeah. to you. The most, the most honest thing I am about myself when I'm drinking is, like, I just have the necessary, like, the need or the feeling to tell people I'm gay. Like, like if they don't know it already, obviously, right. then it's just like, okay, I'm drunk. I can tell this person I'm gay right now. Here we go. And that's about personal, I get yeah. as far as drinking. Everything else I talk about when I'm drunk is just normal bullshit. But, I yeah, mean, that, like you said, it goes to the, the fact that being gay at the workplace is also very different for us. Like, yeah. it is also, sometimes it's a way for us to protect. We don't want to be in another environment because you do get honest, you start saying shit, mm-hmm. and you don't know whether or not it's, it's, going to be a comfortable place for you to come out. Yeah. Yeah. If that is what you yeah. want to do. I don't necessarily believe that you have to. No, it's you your business. Like uh, one of the biggest reasons I don't want to go to happy hour because I don't we work together. I don't want right. to be personable with you bitches. So well uh, go ahead. No, I did do happy hour in Charlotte when I before I moved up here. And basically that started out as work friends pretty much going to happy hour, but then it turned into like this whole big thing every Thursday oh, that we go to Thirsty Thursday, you know. <laughs> that's so and like so and that's what it fuck up. And like, I don't like that bitch. That's why she wasn't invited in the first place. But, and that's the thing, yeah, you know. I mean, 
and then some, somebody else finds out about Thirsty Thursdays, and maybe you get an invite. And well, like, it oh, didn't get that petty. I can see how it can get yeah. that petty, but it didn't, fortunately. Um, but that's pretty much how everybody found out that I was gay at work at Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> I mean, like, have y'all come across circumstances where there's somebody at work that's attracted to you, female, you're not out, and then they're like, hey, what's going on, such and such, such, such and such, or whatever, <laughs> well, you should come to a happy hour and get to know, I'm like, there's so many reasons why I don't want to go to the happy hour. But My boyfriend going to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So, I had actually two, well, not, it wasn't two, but... Um, it wasn't two that didn't know I was gay. There was two people at my job that were trying to hook up with me. One female and the other one a guy. And that was before I was even out like at wow. all at my job. And <laughs> funny thing is, I had sex with both of them. But wow, you yeah. Better get around. Huh? <laughs> but after I had told her I was gay, she was just like, "Okay, I don't care." I'm like, well, fine. Like some bad shit happened that night, unrelated. But yeah, it was just, it's just Wait, weird. Did how did you that... tell her after you fucked her or before? Before. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. She knew. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. Okay. I respect her. Yeah. Go for well, what you want. Obviously, girl. she was Go. white. I mean, I can't. Because you know, black women. Wait, excuse me. Out. There's an article that says that black women are increasingly dating bisexual. Increasingly. Men. <laughs> Increasingly, there. I guess are they said. And this is back in 2013. I want to say. So okay, not I, I mean, I personally had good experience. I, I come out um, the last job, last few jobs I've had, I've come out pretty early. And as I'm not making a big scene out of it, I just make a subtle comment and I just to let people tell. know. I, I guess for me, it's just it makes it it, it makes it that awkwardness go away. You yeah, know, it's like I'm oh, gay. Yeah. You know, this is who I am. You know. Hey, the, the guy that I'm dating, or I was seeing this dude a long time ago, just to kind of get that, set that tone, like, this is who I am, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't even try no bullshit, ah. and I, I, for me, it's worked out, and I know people who aren't out in the workplace, I I just don't like the conflicts, like, I've had places, times where I've worked, and I'm, you know, people, I didn't say I wasn't gay, or didn't say I was straight, right. but they just assumed that I'm straight, right. and... You know, it just creates conflicts with other people that I work with, yeah. and then it's like, you know, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? And it's like, well, you know, it's not necessarily because of that. It's just like at the end of the day, like that's just not my my preference. So, right. And just getting that out of the way makes it easier for for me to navigate the workplace. I agree with you on that um, because the same thing. You know, it's you have people who are trying to constantly hook you up with Man. somebody who you aren't uh, interested in. Because I had that same issue too. Yeah. Um, and then you have people who are, you know, flirting with you and all that good stuff. And then you just want to be like, oh my God, like get off my dick. I'm not interested in right. that person that way. You know? So I feel like I don't necessarily feel the need to come out at work because I, I, one, I don't care, but it's more so just to be like convenient to be like, Hey, yeah, don't talk to me. Or if like, say there's another gay person that knows I'm gay, you know, on the team, and maybe they make a gay joke out loud or something like that. You know, I don't have to worry about the awkwardness of that and all right. that good stuff, which is funny. One guy last week, we were talking about breakfast cereals and Fruit Loops came up and I was like, oh, no, I can't do Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops are nasty. And he was like, only about the cereal though, right? <laughs> and I was like, 
That's so. That's just a bad joke, too. Yeah, I know, but it's corny. Jesus. It was. That was I would have given it. But a everybody like, know. Everybody knows. Like both of us are gay, so you know. That's. I was. Yeah. yeah I so. would have been like, um, what girl? Bye. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I just. That's just bad. But it was. I mean, it was funny the way he delivered it. I probably didn't deliver it right. It was oh, okay. Bad. I was gonna but, say because I would just been like, dude, you, if you're gonna make a corny ass joke like that, you better the joke better be fucking funny. Nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have this, like. Maybe it's because I don't try to socialize with most people I work with. Like, we talk about work-related things, and that's about it. If I can help it, I don't want to talk to you about what you're watching on TV. I don't want to talk to you about what you did over the weekend. I don't give two shits half the time. Yeah. So um, I came here to do my job and leave. So I don't really know if people have a crush on me, mainly because I don't socialize. Like, I, I'll find my one or two black friends at work if I can, if I can find those. And other than that... Um, I, I talk to them and that's about it. Like, I don't really, you know what though? Like, I feel like being who you are at work is, I mean, a lot of people don't like sharing personal stories or sharing stories about their life or what's going on um, at work. But I feel like being open or like me being out at work, is just kind of a, a good thing for me because I can talk to my colleagues about like my personal life. Like yeah. you'll hear them talking and be like, Oh yeah, me and my girlfriend went here, blah, 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 this weekend, you know, you should check it out. And then like, they talk to me if I say, Oh yeah, I had a date this weekend with this guy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's just more natural and more normalizing it. Yeah. You I'm know, kind of a balance just, between you both though. Like I'm kind of your objectiveness when I'm at work. I'm just like, I'm about the business about the work, but then there are circumstances where I am feeling a bit more, I don't know, precarious and I'll, I will open up a little bit more. And right. it is good to have that specter of sexuality kind of cleared up so yeah. people know you know I, this is where i stand right i've encountered the problem though too where at least where i work where i'm encountering more gay people yeah particularly black gay men where i work and there's this almost this awkwardness now because we both know we're gay uh-huh. and then like there's this i don't even want to call it sexual tension I feel like sometimes you feel pressured. Like yeah. in that situation, I feel like you're, you feel pressured because you're both gay. You're both black. Yeah. Oh, we have to get together. No, bitch. No, I work with you. No way. And that's what happened with the guy at my job, at my old job. Like everybody was like, oh, he's trying to hook up with you. And that, like at that point, everybody knew I was gay. We don't all know each other. Exactly. Just like I don't know all the black people in this company. I don't know all the gay people. And we don't all need to get along. Well, there was this awkward circumstance at work where this guy, he's gay, I'm gay. Um, I mean, nobody, we didn't explicitly say it to each other, but we both knew. Right. And, I, you know, for whatever reason, Jack is open at work. Somebody else showed up. Okay, mm. well, all right, cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> so, um, I, I need to stop doing that. Well, I sign on to Jack this bro, all the time you, at work. I don't. Fucking do whatever you need to do. I uninstall that magic. shit. Don't go on. It's a mistake. You I can, promise you it's a mistake. Y'all have Androids. Y'all can block those apps during work hours. Yes, you can. So I can also just block my co- my colleagues. Yeah. And still be on well, that. So check so that. So check Why are you hooking up with bitches at work, ho? I'm not. That's the thing. Are I'm you setting up dates for after work? I, I'm sitting. I'm sit, honestly, I'm just sitting here looking because I'm bored. I'm just like, oh, let's that, see in the area. And that's the other problem. I need to delete everything because I get in the habit of opening up the phone yep. and checking those out. I don't even be doing that shit. I, I, I have so much better stuff to do with right. my life. But well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like muscle it's, memory. It's, it's fun. It, it, well, it is fun, but it, like for this case, it caused a problem because there's this dude at work. He's gay. I'm gay. Um, 
You, know, you actively checked his profile. I checked his profile. He checked mine. He sent me a message. I sent a message. We talked okay, back and yeah. forth. And then, you know, like, oh, we should do lunch, blah, blah, blah. Should, you know, get to know each other. I'm like, see, you did. You made the mistake and responded. I did. But, dude, I wait. But here's, here's, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Here's the awkward part You set an expectations when I talked about that two weeks ago. Set an expectation. I am here for lunch and lunch alone. But, but here's the problem with that. Like, so we had the lunch. And it was supposed to be just like a, a benign, okay, we're just getting, you know, to know each other or whatever. And like, here's my ally at work, whatever, shit like that. Right. And, I mean, I got busy. We got a couple of weeks went by, the same thing to communicate. And, you know, this awkwardness when I passed that person through the hallway, like a little bit like cold shoulder. Oh, she was right, salty. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the person unfollows me on IG and it's like, oh my God, like what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, yeah, real at that point. Because again, because again, people don't accept, they don't accept boundaries. And at that point, it's like, well, girl, I told you what it was. You decided not to follow through with it, and that's well, your problem. Well, part of me is thinking, like, well, okay, maybe it was like a healthy thing. Maybe he's thinking, okay, you know, it's a work, you know, space relationship. Right. I don't want this to go at any. No, it sounds like he's sounds he's salty because you didn't get him a deal. <sighs> yeah, he's salty. He or no salty. ass or whatever okay. the fuck you. He, he <laughs> day. I don't know, man. So I guess the the, the 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 two are just sort of that is if you are out or just be prepared to encounter. Like other gay men that are going to be on your line, yeah. Or you know, that you might be attracted to somebody else. Oh, I'm right so there. good at ignoring people, though. Like I, I have, like I don't know what the hell is going but on. But you know, what? it's I feel like it is. It's fun to say, but these are the same issues that people deal with, regardless of sexuality. That's true, I realize that if you're available, people are going they want to be with you, even if you're not available. They're just like, oh, I spend time with you. Right. There's an. I feel like the fact yeah, that there's there's time mm-hmm. spent there's. Mm-hmm. It yeah. leads to the attraction because you're spending so much time with these people. Mm-hmm. And th- that's why people have like the work family and shit. But I'm like, I don't want to care about you people. I don't. Because I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here or you're going to be here. See, I genuinely like the people who I work with. Though. Like as far as my team, like my actual team and support that I work with, I genuinely care about them and like their feelings and stuff. Because, huh? I'm talking to myself. Oh, because I just, I don't know, they're, all of them are like 20 fucking four years old, so, you know, I, That's feel, why like, you're like, mm. I feel like they're my kids, <laughs> but no, shut up, <laughs> I, like, I like everybody, but I'm no, sure. but like, I don't know, man, it's, it's kind of like, I've become like an elder, like oh, not, come on, Blanca, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, just, I don't know, like, they'll, and I've been at the company for going on six years now, and all of them are basically brand new to the company. So, like, I don't know. They're just, they're really good, genuine people. And, like, I can't. And there's really nothing get... wrong with that. Yeah. I so, don't like people. I know. I don't. Okay. So, people in general, I could probably share that same sentiment. No, you are much I, more gregarious than I. Like, you are much more accepting. And w- yeah, I am accepting. I will say. When, I, when it comes to me, I am very, very selective about who I yeah, am open no. with. Yeah. I think the reason why I'm like that is because I'm so, well, I, it's changed. Like, since I moved to DC, I've become not extroverted, but more social. It you know? forces that on you. The culture forces you yeah. to be more outgoing. So I think that's why I'm more available to. True. I'm out at every goddamn thing. God damn it. <laughs> I think that's why I'm more available to understanding and, and bringing people in and bringing. Like, people much- still tire me. But, but you're much nicer than I am. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm just very understanding and nice. So I'm not. I have a tendency to be very, well, not, not nice, but tend to be, like, extroverted. 
I, I deliberately separate myself from that at work because I don't want that. I mean, the immediate people I, I work with, I do like. Like, my immediate team, we're really cool. And it's almost like, you know, we're the 300, like, you know, just trying to, to fight the, the masses sometimes. Like, all right, you're, these are your battle buddies. Right. But at the same time, I haven't drank with them outside of work. I haven't seen their family. I know you got kids, but I, I'm not, I don't care. You know, I I like I love y'all as people, but when I'm right. off, I just need that separation. I make, I make I have an office. I make work. <laughs> I make I make work friends that are like. Sp- there are very few people in the office that I will give my phone up to to talk to outside yeah. of work, and that's because I am very comfortable with only select groups of people. Mm. The there, and that's about like mm. I don't like talking to other people outside of work related things because. I don't feel like I trust you. Like yeah. I know that we work together and that's fine and dandy, but I don't trust you and I don't really want to be friends with you outside of this. There's, you know, the people that I do find, like I've, I, you know, friends for life kind of people. It's like we'll be cool outside of this because we're co- you're cool people. Yeah, right. like yeah, yeah. without work, you're still a cool person. Right. Outside of this environment, like I would still hang out with you. And I feel like the older you get, the harder it is, and the the less. Significance you put on the workplace relationships. Yeah. When I was younger and I was working in the environment, I put a lot more um, importance on it just because I didn't have those relationships to go to. As, okay. As yeah. Strong I, I relationships. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I'm seeking out those relationships everywhere I go, work, you know, fun, wherever. But now, I, I mean, I feel like I do have strong relationships I can rely on and count on, and I've kind of under understanding where. You know, I can get that social need if I need it. I yeah. So I don't want to get that from a place where, all right, this is my money, this is my dime. But, I can't. but you know, a lot of as an adult, it's very difficult to make friends. It is very difficult to make yes. new friends yes. unless you already know somebody who will introduce you to new groups and stuff like that. So it has been a thing where people make friends at work because these are the people you see every day. It's like school. Yeah. A lot of times you were friends with people at school because you went to school together. Yeah. But yeah. once you leave school, this I don't talk to like people from high school most people don't talk to yeah. i am one of those people like if you make friends with me you are pretty much my friend for life it's just right. i you know you've imprinted now we're friends for life <laughs> I, I, I will say i don't hang out with my colleagues outside of work though mm-hmm. other than like happy hour every other month that we go out to go to a beer garden other than that like oh and then we have Snallagaster coming up, the beer festival, so I might hang out with a couple of them then. But that's so weird. Um, I feel like I kind of went, well, no, I think I'm still the same when it comes to that whole relationship thing you were talking about. Yeah. Man, like when you were younger, you would you kind of reach out and try and yeah. be friends with everybody you work with. Okay, I wouldn't say that I'm trying to be friends with people I work with, but I still kind of have those relationships or something. You know? right. I guess it's the thing. Like for me, it's also like I'm not necessarily alienating people at work. Like I'm not be like you are. Okay. I'm not talking to any. Like, <laughs> well, actually, just a little bit. But I'm not saying that people should alienate, and you can't be friends with the people at work. But it's just like I'm very selective with people in general. So I'm not going to get along with everybody, and I understand that, and that's fine. Um, I'm only open. I feel like even with my friends, I'm open with a lot of stuff, but there are lots of things that people don't know about me because I just don't share them. And right. I mean, honestly, and that goes back to emotional control and knowing yourself, knowing your boundaries, knowing where you are. And it's like, you know, I know myself and I know where I am. And it's like, this is as far as you get. And that's good. I hope you can accept that level of connection because that's all that I'm really ready to give you. 
And like maybe, maybe one day we'll get there, but that's just not even necessarily a goal. Like I can get that from someone yeah. else. So, you know. But, I don't know. I feel like I should work on me being more open in general. I feel like it depends. It Are you do you want to be? Yeah. You know? Occasionally, I feel like I do kind of want to. I always feel bad. So, well, I won't say I always feel bad, but there are times when I feel bad that I'm not like constantly with a group of people. Where, like we don't, I don't have travel buddies and shit like that. And then the, yeah. like you see, I see other friends that I have, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm. Oh, not so much because I'm envious of the fact that you get to travel, bitch. I can do that. I just like don't necessarily want to go alone. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't do things. I, I'm just like oh, I want to do that, but I don't want to go alone. And everybody's like, you should learn to do things on your own. I've done a lot of shit on my own. I go to movies. I go to dinner. Like last night, I had a ticket for I don't know I you my best date, but Mark Rubilet or whatever. He's like this guy on Facebook that makes beats on the fly, and he had a concert last night okay. uh, at 9:30. I didn't go. Usually I would. I've been to like five concerts since I moved here by myself just because I just go, get up and go and get a ticket. But I didn't go last night because I was like, shit, I really just want somebody to go with. And you to ask me. Do you guys feel like the gay well, culture the, uh, is more difficult to kind of get friends with and get friends in than the straight culture? Or do you think it's just the same when you're an adult? So I think it's the same. The only reason, I wouldn't say the only reason, my friends back in Charlotte, I know one through school, high school, and we basically have been best friends since then. Funny thing is, me and her were even really cool. Now we're like a lot of times, you know. And then the other group of friends that I have, like my friend group that I'm always talking to on the chat, my cousin actually introduced me to them, and we just kind of relate off of football related stuff, but also we just do a lot of just miscellaneous random shit. So yeah. you know, I feel like. Moving somewhere where you don't really know many people, like here in D.C., I didn't have that relationship with anybody to introduce me to other people, you know, yeah. which I feel like that's the main way you find your own friends. So now my friends, I'm meeting off of like Tinder and Grindr even, you know, just. Not raise your hand. I mean, uh, so I mean, a lot of friends I, I have met through, mm-hmm. you know, different mm-hmm. interactions um, but you know, I do feel like it, at least for me, it's been more difficult to meet people and, and have those genuine relationships because I haven't, like, I mean, I, I lived in Maryland, but I went to school in Georgia. Right. I came back to Maryland and it, well, I actually came back to Virginia, came to DC and it's like a completely different, it's a different place. It's a different oh, yeah. place. It's like nope, I didn't didn't go to Howard or Bowie. Right. You know, I, yeah, I didn't go to Georgetown even. So you know what's you funny? Me, you know, people in this area do not claim Bowie as a really? university. Like I, it's HBCU. I almost never hear anybody talk about. Oh, I went to Bowie. Ever. Well, yeah. nobody that went to Bowie lives here, though, other than the people that goes to Bowie. Oh, my roommate goes to, to Bowie. Yeah, he always speaks highly of it. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm not saying. Like, oh, after that's, they graduate, isn't that, isn't they that how James and DJ met? No. Isn't that how James and DJ met at Bowie? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, they initially knew each other from there, and then they reconnected okay. afterwards. It's like one of those things I see you on campus, and then, oh, afterwards, hey, I remember you kind of thing. Um, No, I don't know. it. Like, I. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, those are the two people that I know that are right, but otherwise, I don't really know. Yeah, actually, I don't, don't you think of it. See, I, don't <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think they stay in the area. I'm sure, you know what? They might not. Or they, you know what they do? They're probably all straight and they live in 
Greenbelt. Probably. Because they, they go, they just, they, yeah, Richmond, just went right over there. All the blacks just went right over there. Atlanta, Maryland, all um, out there. No, but I think it's, yeah, it's, yeah I, I had a thought and it ran away. No, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm just speaking about that. I feel like I, I, it's harder for me sometimes. I do meet really genuine people, and I do connect, but it just takes time to build that bond with people. And when you've had that, okay, well, we both went through the, the grind at Howard or the grind at University of Maryland for such and such years, and we built that connection, and somebody else comes in, it's just hard to kind of like, okay, we're not going to build that connection right away. And then, like, taking six years to build that connection isn't always a realistic thing. So, I, I, You know what? As I think about it, I think that with me, I constantly feel like, like, I've been friends with people for a very long time, but I feel like there's always kind of been a wall with me. And sometimes I don't get really, really close to people because there's always something, I don't know, I feel like I probably put up something and people kind of feel that and it doesn't lend itself to necessarily getting too close to me because <laughs> i most people they see me everywhere like i'm always doing something but i usually go there alone and i leave alone mm. like i didn't come with somebody else i didn't come with a group of people i'm just kind of here and i think sometimes that affects me when it comes to like making friends and things because i make myself the outsider kind of and don't allow myself to get too too close to anybody. Oh. And <laughs> look at the therapy session for me today. Right. How do you feel about that, Malcolm? It's usually you that I'm doing this to. Yeah. I, I wasn't even I'm not even a part of it. I'm listening, but you know. Nah, I mean that opening up process is it takes time and like you gotta kinda of move at your own pace. And you know what you need in terms of security from a person and mm -hmm. it's, you know and what you need from that person in order to be vulnerable i mean and i've gotten arguments with people about that where i wanted them to be more open with me than they were but ultimately they they have to pick the side like that argument yeah. a lot. i mean yeah and it's a fair thing to have i mean especially amongst friends like you want people to be open with you because you're open with them but people have to like, open up at their own pace ah. and at their own discretion I'm also, they, it's, it's imperative that they have that prerogative. So. I'm also just used to dealing with shit that I deal with alone. Like, I'm used to just handling my own issues. Yeah. I don't want to give it to somebody else because I don't want to feel like a burden. So I don't talk to them about the issues that I experience. The thing is, people need to, even though you, they might feel like they hurt your feelings, they need to be open and honest whenever you know, somebody's taking too much of their energy. So if they are a burden, like if you are a burden to them, they need to be honest in letting you know that, hey, this is too much. I can't handle this. Yeah. I understand that you're going through something, but I can't help you with this. You know? Yeah, so, but that would allow, that would require me to even put them in that situation. Oh, yeah, of course. But, like, <laughs> if you ever do put them in that situation, like, they should have, and I guess you should, Put that out there too. Hey, if this is too much for you, just let me know. And oh, I understand. I, I mean, you know? I say that all the time, but right. the thing is, I was taught that you don't put people in those situations. Like you don't, you That's don't ever terrible thing because you, you you don't like my my dad says that you never want to put anybody in a situation where they're going to let you down. Well, I so think vulnerability in so many ways can be a strength. When yeah, you can be vulnerable and you can be your complete open and honest self with people that you trust and care about. And even 
to sometimes get burned by that, you know, you, you know, you, it's okay. still okay because you can move on and you can, you know, you can grow from it. So. Yeah. And that's true. I, maybe one day will be, I mean, it's, it's weird. I think because if you talk to me, it's not hard to get me to talk about things. Right. I think it's clearly just, not. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> you share all of your experiences or right. uh, not experiences, all of your Pain opinions is. all the time. But I don't, I think a lot of times it's just that there's, there's always something. I don't think that all, I talk all these, I, I talk a lot. It's not mm -hmm. a problem to discuss things with me. I just don't think that a lot of times I put, personal into it mm. so i always talk personal i mean i talk mm. about experiences stuff but yeah. i don't like specific sometimes it's just not the i, I mean, mean you have to be careful with that i mean i like even recently mm. I, i've been disappointed with some of the things that have happened with people that i've communicated stuff with but like you you have to kind of rein you have to figure out where where you're willing to what you're willing to communicate what you're not willing to communicate yeah and you also have to be willing to, to get hurt yeah, I mean, and it's like you know what, we can't just be so averse to emotional pain that we don't allow ourselves to put put ourselves in situations where we risk it because then we're just really not allowing us to ourselves to experience that range of, of emotion, particularly pain. And so, experiencing that pain calluses you and allows you to overcome even more pain and allow you to handle that pain with a, with a degree of, of composure the next time you experience it. You know, so. okay. well, I think we've. Uh I think we've exhausted this topic a little bit for now. <laughs> so, um, but beat that horse dead. Right. Oh, I mean, and there, there's going to be more to say. There's always more to say as we right. talk about every time we come to this. Of course. Um, but I think for now, I, we can wrap this up a little bit, and then uh, whenever you want to come back, let us know. All right. <laughs> of course, anytime. We right. will always be welcome to welcoming you. Right. You know, we yeah. like to talk to people and get there experiences and if somebody gives you a letter we can like read on the air or whatever we can you help <laughs> somebody some, somebody write into malcolm so that he can discuss <laughs> your issues exactly. because he is hurting for it baby <laughs> I just let, me you, no, let me tell you let me tell you he is i just want to so, help somebody i want to give my experience and my opinions <laughs> i appreciate right? you all right so let's move on to the rants and raves so anything that you have on your heart today oh um my gosh, man. discuss it or, you know, just throw it out there. You don't have to really go Man, in. Man, so I would just say this to everybody. Do not allow yourselves to be put in circumstances where you don't have control uh -oh. and you don't call something out. And particularly, I'm talking about these Uber drivers out here that feel like they can be on the phone watching videos and listening to music while they're driving somebody around. I literally had to call somebody out today because they thought that it was okay to watch a video while they were on the road. And not only that, but they were going 40 miles per hour on the highway. Like if you're going 40 miles per hour on, you know, PW Parkway or um, it's, it's not okay. Call that shit out in the moment. Don't let somebody put your life in danger. If that means they're driving drunk. That means they're driving erratically. That means they're distracted. Call that shit out in the moment and stop it. Yeah, that's can't do it, man. One star. Man, I'm, I'm getting my money Get all back your money, man. Get all your motherfucking yeah. money back. Oh, I definitely did that when I was in Toronto and the uh, the Lyft driver, Lyft, whatever we used that day, he was swerving and shit and almost missed the exit. And we were like, okay, I feel in danger. He is too old to be driving or something. Yeah, this is unsafe. 
We were scared. We were legit scared because he was like going too fast or too slow. My and I'm like, I am I am nervous for you and this ride. I want to go home. I just want to make it home. Look, I man, for whatever it costs for that for that lift, for that Uber, you can stop that and say, hey, stop the car. Right. And let me out. Right. Because you never know. That dude could crash but five minutes also, later on the but road. But you also need to be aware of where you are so you can be safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I understand we are on this highway, but I need you to get me somewhere where you can stop <laughs> Next right. safely and okay. drop me the fuck off. Right. That's some bull. Take this exit so we can get the fuck off. I, uh, right. I'm glad I live in DC proper because I've been avoiding taking Uber or Lyft recently because one, the prices are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they are. And then two, like all the shit happening with fucking crazy drivers and crazy, crazy passengers too. Yeah. You know, like just getting shot, literally yeah. killed in their Ubers. Like what the fuck? So yeah, no, fuck that. I mean, Uber, summer, you, you know, scooter life is you know for real. You hop on those scooters if you haven't. I almost died. Find on you a, a friend in the city. Find you a friend in the city. Almost died on the scooter. Though, you know, man. maybe give up some some stuff. And look, explore your local neighborhood, man. man. There's still probably some stuff with the walking distance. Y'all right. checked out. That's pretty pretty good. Support local business. Hello. Especially local black businesses. Thank you. Even better. Yes. Um, do you yeah. have a rant to rave? I just got a little short rant. I want to just talk to um, the president and his administration right quick. Oh, gosh. Um, that's a whole it that's ain't a whole but series. That's the thing. No, I mean, it could be a whole episode, but this specific. No, it could be a whole goddamn series. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact that his administration is moving towards uh, removing e-cigarettes from stores and shit oh because they're killing people. But they don't want to do shit about this whole outrageous. I would gun say that issue? that's that's not that's not just his administration. That's uh, that's Congress. That's just, the Supreme Court. None of these people. Period. I don't know what it is these people fear with guns. Get your that, shit. That does get me. Get it together. If you want to fucking say, hey, we need to stop the sale of e-cigarettes almost immediately after three people die from it. Six. But you have... Huh? Six. Oh, six. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, we got that in Newtown. But then you have these issues with, you know, Newtown and Walmart They have to... There are so many more issues that they have to address that they... It would require them to admit that they were wrong on so many issues and being tough on crime and it all this other shit. Yeah, so I understand. Much. That's all. That's, I'm not arguing saying. that they're, oh, yeah. they're right. I'm just saying like there's a big, there are more political issues that I can't think about because it's, it's too much. One thing I will say though is just literally debate like connected to that was that we did have a tough fight with the tobacco industry about smoking about tobacco, about the dangers of nicotine. And that was a fight that the nicotine and the tobacco industry lost. Mm. You know, They're continuing to lose. They're continuing to lose. And it's an ongoing battle. But it just goes to show that you can fight these corporate lobbyists and you can make headway. I mean, let's be real. 20 years ago, banning e-cigarettes would have been a tall order. And the fact right. that it's something that we can do so quickly now is a good thing. So to your point, yes, absolutely. Like when you have something that kills six people and you have something that kills six people every minute, you know, that isn't regulated. It just speaks to just how much power is in the hands of those that, that have and, and how much those that, that don't have don't have that power. Right. But it's you know, it's, right. it should be a motivating factor that we're, we are able to get the tobacco industry to, to we are able to check them that hard. Like, it's, no, we're going to ban a major product that you have and that you make money from because it's dangerous. 
and we I should be able like, to do that with guns. So that's, but guns exactly. Is, that's why, but guns why is a, we have that same energy. It's a yeah. separate issue because it there's fear mongering amongst being able to protect yourself, and that's the excuse that they use. Oh Where God. cigarettes, you don't really have that argument. It's kind. Of, it's a health issue. It's a health risk. Right. Where people are like the gun issue is well, what am I going to protect myself? My rights. I mean, the thing about it is, in Ohio, that guy killed twenty people. In, in like 30, 30 seconds, 30 right? seconds. the police responded in less than a minute. Yeah. And, and still he was still it. able to to execute that much damage in that short period of time. And was taken so, alive. I mean, and, and even the, yeah. mass, the mass shootings is one, <laughs> one aspect of it, too. No, like, that's I think in Ohio he was dead. The one yeah. in Texas he was taken alive. Um, the one in Texas he was taken alive, the one in Ohio. So they killed this dude in less than a minute, and he was still able to shoot 20 people. I mean, so it, it's not like it's a it's an issue you being able to protect yourself, and even the mass shoot, besides the mass shooting issue, just the people dying every day from from guns that are unregulated. Right. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it because yeah. that could be my rant for like the next hour. Or so. Yeah, exactly. But I know I will say though I'm not I'm not for taking guns away because obviously if they take guns away, then black people will probably be the number one target for a, a lot of things. I would say I would love for black people to own guns and own guns legally and responsibly. That'd be the best way to get them to ban it. Most of them do. If you if 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 black people all got up and said, you know what, we're just gonna start owning guns, they'd ban the guns so fast it wouldn't <laughs> probably. It wouldn't even be funny. Probably. I don't want black people owning guns. They didn't want the Black Panthers having guns. I mean, and so that let's just be real. It's not about protecting yourself and protecting your liberties. It's about supporting this idea patriot. about white supremacy, about right. a white man owning right. a gun, about being a part of his identity, and, and and that's the real issue. I think there's common sense gun regulation that we can do. Mm-hmm. Register your guns. Yeah, I always say register it's your guns shit. like you register your car and then make somebody financially alive well, if something happens with their the gun. The thing is it's not – these things are not – Detriment, like you, right? No one is saying take away your guns, right? It's right. make it harder for people to well, be able to, to kill who don't, <laughs> who don't need them or who, who shouldn't have them, right? You know, or just regulate, like, those. yeah, guess what? You have a car, you have to pay insurance for your car, yeah, you have taxes. to register your car, you have to make sure your car is safe, you have to pay taxes, you have to have a license in order to have a license to do it. Nobody has a problem do with that shit. with the gun. That, it makes so much sense to do that with the gun. Because, they feel, because white people feel like they're going to lose power. Well, <laughs> well I, you know, the argument that I've always heard is that, okay, well, constitutionally, the Second Amendment says the right to bear arms should not be infringed. So that means it should be a complete, unabated um, access to all weapons. But what is the what is the reason behind the Second Amendment? For a well-regulated militia. Yeah, and so, nothing you know, against regular citizens having guns just to have guns. That's not a thing. Right. The, the the way that the Second Amendment is being used to as an argument for gun purchasing is not right. The whole purpose of the Second Amendment is for militia rights. Has nothing to do with you owning an assault rifle. What the fuck do you need an assault rifle for, Susan? Because right. it's fine. Oh, I'm well, sorry. I, mean, I like and, Susan. She's one of my. Friends. She's one of my I mean, and, and I've heard Karen. people even go into the nuances of like the the Shinton structure to say that. The right to bear arms not to be infringed is the most important part of that, most important clause in that. And, and I just don't feel like – I think in the 21st century, we need to be able to acknowledge that our society has changed and that the role that guns play in our society right. has changed. Right. And look, the founding fathers, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call them, I, I, I personally don't view them that way. They're not my founding fathers, but the people who constructed you our found the fucking country that was already here. Right. And, and our government, <laughs> the people who broke the laws that we abide by now, I mean, I don't think they were 300 years clairvoyant. Like, 
you know, we can't say that that agrarian society and the rules that they created for that society are applicable to a nation that's, you know, where 50% of the people right. live in urban centers where, you know, the technology is far more than no, they could no, have the, comprehended. The thing you know? is, they wrote it to be changed constantly. Right. That's but, why we have amendments. Yeah. But, you know, people rewrite laws in order to keep themselves in power. And it's, yep. Yep. but I don't want to talk about this because I yeah. don't want to get angry and I don't want to. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I know. I'm I just, it just, it just, uh, it really, really like struck a chord with me on some bullshit type level. So, you know. Yeah. Fuck everything. Um, my rant today is about bitches knowing how to fucking park. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, For those of us that good we, we, we should have recorded this. We should so we went to brunch today and this man produced a 70 point turn to fucking parallel park. All he had to do is turn his fucking wheel to the right and he would have been in there, bitch. No, what got me was when he was in the parking spot. And went back and forth 23 times. And just went back and forth. He hit the car. Wait, and didn't even turn the wheel. And hit the car behind him three times. Oh it was so bad. It was so bad. Bitches need to learn how to drive. And I think that's all he got out of the car. After and got back in. in. Got back in. To back fix in, it. Hit the car again. Go back and forth. Oh my god. That was a, that was a special moment. I don't know why I didn't record this. Because we were laughing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great for the Twitter. I went to back Yes, but back. it was. He was still parallel parking. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was so my that is my rant. You bitches need to learn how to fucking drive. <laughs> learn how to park. Learn how to do things behind a fucking wheel. Your car is automatic. It doesn't drive for you yet. If you want it to do that, buy you a fucking Tesla. Yeah, that Tesla, man. That Tesla will park the car for you. Some of the BMWs a lot of Buy the fucking parallel parking package because you bitches right. need uh, it. Right. You hoes don't know how to park. <laughs> Y'all don't need no fucking space for other people to park. That ooh, you be mad. But like, ooh, can I fit? No. Because you in you right in that fucking he space. There was that, that was like a you drive forward, you drive you he could have done that in one. Oh yeah. Motion. He he, he, he took at least five minutes extra. I could have parked at two fifty in that space and right. he struggled with that. It was a seventy point turn. If you live in a fucking dense ass city, even if you city, don't if you visit in have somebody else drive your punk ass. Or don't drive. Get an Uber. Well, oh my well, gosh. Get an Uber. Have somebody what I said was have someone else drop you off. That way you don't have to waste your time. Look, man, trying to parallel park. Yeah, valet parking is a thing. I mean, and just I know if you if you ain't able, don't go out. Right, just stay home. <laughs> right. Stay your ass home. If you ain't able, don't do, <laughs> don't go. Oh, but you know what? That's that rude really because good. sometimes you need that release. Find somebody else to drive your ass. Um, but I think that okay, so I'm done because we're gonna be here forever talking about all this shit. It was a fun conversation. Wait, well, thank you. We appreciate you for coming. Thank you. Let me pontificate. Um, whenever you're ready, let us know. We'll put you on the schedule. You come back and right. talk to the people. I'll bring some friends with me next time. Oh, we're gonna have a party? Yeah. Hey, no, I don't no. know how many people. I was gonna make a mind. dirty joke because that's where my mind is. Right <laughs> okay. I mean, I think I'm gonna be talking about this because you know I like the And anywho. Um, you thought I did not. Anyway, so, <laughs> Wakefield, do you want to tell the people uh, how to get in contact with you? Uh, if you'd like, you know, you don't have to, but. Yes, yeah, my first and last name is on uh, Facebook. I, probably your best bet to reach me, and, and I'm on Instagram as uh, Wake, J-R, 
so you can uh, hit me up there. It's an open profile. Just uh, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, pretty open-minded. Where I'm gonna follow you right now. Uh, son. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no Twitters. Uh, I mean, I do have a Twitter, but I don't. Think yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, okay. Cool. Again, you can come back and we can talk all about this shit. We are open to it. We'll have a whole free Twitter conversation. Oh, yay. I like talking about sex. <laughs> Anywho, so if you want sex in this conversation. That's what next time is for. I'm going to okay. say sex, sex, sex in general. Right. We can talk about Never, it. You know what? I was going to say something, but we'll leave that to the next time. <laughs> anyway, so um, if you want to find us on... I well, am at... Kaoki Boy 24 on Instagram, K E O K I B O Y 24. I don't use Twitter and I don't use Snapchat, so you can't find me there. And I am M dot, that's E M underscore D A H T. You can find me on Instagram at that. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Mix underscore reactions, that's Mix M I X D underscore reactions. Um, hit us up on all your favorite streaming services. Uh, you can find us everywhere, and if you want to find us directly at the source, go to uh, Podomatic. Our website is themixreactions.podomatic.com. All right, y'all have any? Uh, oh, so, oh, wait, wait. What? So that Malcolm feels comfortable. Send letters to the email oh, yeah, at themixreactions at gmail.com. Malcolm wants to hear feedback and talk to you people about your issues. So please. Have somebody send an email so that Malcolm feels better about his life. Thank you. That Anything else? That Anything that else? So rude. Anything else? Uh, no. That is it. I hate we you. appreciate you. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.